Okay, I know we're our own biggest critics, but that last episode I felt was absolutely horrible. I mean, say what you want. If it, it was a great show, I did amazing as always. I always show up. I always put together the best shows. But for me, like I've had some, you know, some real good shows. Some episodes where where I'm like, oh my god, I absolutely love that one. That was one of the best ones. To so much to the point where I will go back and listen to it just to hear how I did, and it meets my expectations and it makes me happy. But we also have those kinds of days where we don't have the best shows. I feel like the last episode wasn't the best. I mean, if you agree with me, I'm not going to be offended. But I don't know. I just didn't like the last episode. I felt like it was rushed. Maybe it was too high or something. I don't know. That seems to be a theme before we get it, get on this program is to do that. Speaking of that, um, the other day I went to the shop. It's called a. It's a local shop in the city that I live in. Uh, it's called Zen Garden Wellness. You notice how I said city that I live in. I didn't really like to openly say it, even though I have posted about it many times on social media, like location wise or where I'm from and stuff. And but no one seems to capstone where I am truly from. I mean, I'm not trying to hide it or anything. I'll openly say it. Stockton 209. Represent motherfuckers. I'm just kidding. It sounds so weird when I say certain stuff like that. Like, I wasn't meant to say that because, like, I don't know. I didn't grow up around people that really used a lot of slang words and stuff. But anyways, we're not talking about that. We're talking about, you know, so I walked in in the, the sweet shop and I picked up a thing of their gummies. I actually have the packet right in front of me. Um, and they're, I mean, only... Only certain people will care about what I'm talking about right now. If you don't smoke, you really probably don't give a fuck. You probably skip to the next thing. Um, Kenya. They're called Kenya. Kenya. Cannabis infused sativa cherry gummies. They're 100 milligrams, 10 pieces, and 10 milligrams per piece. I had five of them. I shared five of them with uh, a family member of mine. And, you know, the nutrition fat, I was looking on the back. And I was like, damn, these actually don't seem like they're too bad for you. Because, like, it says total fats, zero. You go to the sodium, which is some of the more marquee things I look for. Sodium, fat, um, as well as the vitamins. And, a lot, of, and a, lot of, a lot of key things that I get, I do look for those key things like sodium, sugars, and stuff like that. So, um, it only has four milligrams of sodium. Um... What is it? Potassium, they have two milligrams too, but calcium. But the thing is, they didn't have too many bad things other than this cancer and reproductive harm warning on the back. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. I actually um, heard a story about that the other day, or someone was talking to me about it. We are talking about weed and stuff, and um, like this girl was telling me, she was like, it's bad for you. It's a drug. And it's like, people... Uh, something about, like, if you think you need it, it's just that that playing with your mind. It's just a mind game. You think you need it. And, you know, there's times where people say they need stuff, but they really don't. Like, for example, an alcoholic, they need that. But literally, I almost feel like they do need it after a while because they get so addicted to it. And without it, they're just lost. And then it's, it's, it's crazy how people really get so, you know entitled to something they feel like they need and that's what she was telling me about weed and stuff i mean this for me quite frankly when it comes to talking about it i'm just gonna say it point blank 
If you don't want me to cut your head off, then I suggest you let me smoke weed and you don't fucking judge me. I'm not saying I have anybody that judges, but I'm just saying in general, like the conversations and just different things we have. You know, just, just different things involving weed. Like, I just had a normal conversation about it. I don't know how we got into the topics or anything. But um, for me, the whole time I've smoked has mainly just been to enhance my mental experiences. A lot of people can attest to this, I'm pretty sure. But, it, it, like, it helps a lot of people calm down. helps you relax. helps you with pain. helps you with stress. helps you with anxiety. And, you know, it does definitely bring you a joyful experience as I look at the back of this fucking, uh, this bag of, of edibles. Um, not the most powerful things that I've tried. Like I said, uh, I don't really you know people that know me or people, I don't know if you guys have known if I've ever mentioned this, but I'm not too sharp with edibles. I'm not like, I'm, it's not something that I would constantly go back for every single time I go into the shop. Like, there was one time I had a brownie, a huge, thick brownie, that was probably enough for four or five, six people, probably to get a decent high off of so much THC in that shit, dude. I was hallucinating for, like, two-plus days. I missed Thanksgiving. It was, like, maybe a few years back. I was just sleeping the whole time, hallucinating, seeing a bunch of colors, and it was a crazy fucking experience, man. It's like, I felt like I did more than weed that day, so. Ever since then, literally, like, the other day, maybe, maybe... Maybe, a, maybe one other time in the last three years I've had edibles, but this this was the first time I really had them. I had five of them, and, you know, they weren't too strong. I mean, I did sleep for a little bit, but it wasn't like I was unfamiliar with what was going on. Like, I needed someone to help me guide me through it while I was hallucinating, and if you hear that shaking in the background, I'm just shaking up my drink. Uh, I've been fucking with these... Uh, flavored waters lately and no that's not my substitute and that's not anyone that shouldn't be anybody's substitute for real water because if you put like these these flavored waters don't make up for drinking water like if you just don't like the water regular water or you just can't get yourself up in the morning to drink water no it's not my it's not my replacement for water i love regular water as well but um like i don't know when you when you crave sweet stuff, it's like, come on, it's like, it's so good. I, I know there's a lot of people, oh, Conor McGregor just retweeted something, hold on, I was just looking, something popped up on my phone, you know, if he, he's been in the news, no, that was like a live reaction, it says Conor McGregor retweeted something, and he's been in the news because of the viral video that came out about, uh, him punching a, a senior, or, well, the whole fucking video is blurry, so, we don't really know if that's even him, and everyone's reacting, the world's reacting, and that's the part about being famous, and when you're Conor McGregor, you, oh, Conor McGregor trips an old lady, that's gonna be in the news, and everyone's gonna be talking about it, but he's so-called, um, well, supposedly punched an elderly man in the face or slapped him or something. It didn't really look like a punch to me. I have to watch that clip at least like five more times. But uh, he was pouring his um, world-famous proper whiskey, which is by far the worst thing I've ever tasted. If you guys tried it, salute to you guys. We definitely have had a better whiskey or more, a, a lot better type of whiskey in my day. 
proper 12 was just, you know, I got it because I wanted to be supportive of Connor, and I thought it would be cool, being like the most famous mixed martial arts fighter, you know, launching his own whiskey in, in local stores that I shop in on a day-to-day basis, seeing it, it's like, as a huge fight fan, I was just like, you know what, fuck it, I might as well get it, I drank it, it was cool, but, you know, I still have the bottle sitting up here on my mat, on my little, on my desk and everything, so, it's up there and all that, but, um, Dr. Connor, like, yeah, so, he, he punched an elderly man, supposedly, because, speculation, because the guy refused or turned down a, a, a can of his, or not a can, but a, 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 a shot of his proper 12 or a drink, you know, he's pouring some, he's pouring some uh, shots for people, and this guy didn't turn, turned it down, he was uninterested, um, and, but if you think about it logically, like, okay, I offer you some Popper 12, or I offer you some whiskey, or some alcohol, and you tell me no, I'm gonna punch you in the face, because you said no, I mean, some people just don't like to fucking drink, some people don't like specific types of alcohol, but no, that doesn't warrant you to punch them in the face, so, this whole thing doesn't make sense to me just yet, because, I mean, obviously, I don't even officially know, nor has Connor really comp, uh, commented on anything nor do i think he would because it's a serious matter and you know legal potential legal troubles yet again for the notorious one and um i don't know necessarily if you know i mean who's he going to talk about it with ignorant fight fans people around the world i mean when you're on twitter or when you're on instagram you're you're opening up your avenue to talk for everyone to talk to you or, or chime into what you're what you're talking about you know give their two cents and not only is it fans but other fighters if you notice like whenever connor's in the news everyone's chiming in everyone's talking about it oh connor mcgregor drops a toothpick connor mcgregor's paperclip is for sale on ebay for thirty thousand dollars people are gonna fucking buy it people are gonna tune in people are gonna look at it you know everyone's gonna tune in his net worth net net worth is off the charts It's all good. Strawberry flavored. Um, but yeah, his network network is off the charts, so both positively and negatively, Connor's gonna be in the news, as why he's been in the news as of late. But this doesn't seem right. I mean, think about it. Connor has been in the news for some outlandish things and some crazy things. I mean the cell phone thing. Um who I can't really even think of anything else that he's done, man. It's it's so many there's so many things. It's like comparison to John Jones, like, it's just, it's just so many different things, so, I mean, I don't know what's, what's happened, I don't know what, what, what triggered it, I don't know if this old man said something ignorant to him, or, or set him off, because Connor does have the tendency to have, have a set short fuse when it comes to people being ignorant towards him, like that fight fan that took a picture of him, and it was annoying him, and he pissed him off, and stuff, so, I, I mean, it just doesn't seem, I mean, it seems like Connor has to get set off by something, even if it's something a little, like, something just, something tiny, if it's something tiny, it just seems like Connor gets set off by that kind of thing, so, for me, just, oh, Connor punched an old man in the face because he refused his proper 12, no, that's not enough for me, that's not enough for me to really, oh, fuck, Connor, you're a bad man, because for fuck's sakes, he could have punched that old man in the face and gave him a heart attack, 
But no, the old man took it like a champ. I've seen a lot of jokes. People are talking about, oh, he took that punch better than Jose Aldo, or I've seen one better than Eddie Alvarez, or, you know, now Connor needs to counter only wins he, he's getting against people he know he can beat, or something. Just fun little people poking at different things when it comes to Connor. But, you know, Connor is a, a fucking celebrity for sure. Everything he's doing, I'm not saying or backing it up or saying it's okay, but he's a celebrity, man. He, he skyrocketed to the the very top slowly but surely he creeped up and creeped past Nate Diaz all respects to Nate and stuff but he really did creep past a lot of these people a lot of these people are upset because how fast he really you know he skyrocketed he this guy went from all the way from fighting on I don't know like the prelims to carrying out the cards to headlining in in Dublin and that was one of the biggest events ever to headlining the fights with Diaz you know having the big fights with Jose Aldo two division champion fight with Eddie Alvarez, you know, him looking spectacular in there, you know, the build-up for the Khabib fight, you know, Connor's a superstar, but, you know, we've seen him more in the news for bad things, or, you know, him just chiming in on fight nights, and, you know, him active on Twitter, him active on social media, you know, it seems as if more than, more so than anything, nowadays, he's promoting his proper 12 whiskey more than anything, a lot of people I know, and anyone in the world can attest to that, but, um, this one's not a good one. Especially if it does get really looked at as a criminal investigation. And, you know, Connor doesn't really seem to have said anything, like I said, about it. It just seems like we're talking about it. I mean, if anything, he's sitting in his multi-million dollar mansion with his foot, feet up, laughing at everybody going crazy over it. One little 10 second, 15 second video goes viral. Gets millions of views and thousands of people talking about him. Carter's doing everything right. I'm not saying you go into fucking bars punching people in the face, but for me, if you guys can really sit and think about it, use your brains and be logical. You can't judge the world against Conor McGregor. Uh, you can't. I mean, you can't put everything against him off 15 seconds of video. Any smart person with the brain knows that. Regardless of the things he's done in the past. And for fuck's sakes, if he did really do it, if that's the man in the video that is Conor McGregor, then for, for goddamn sake, he is fucked. He's just constantly digging himself a bigger hole. Now, it's like a, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, I can't judge until I know more facts about it, until I read up more, read more about it. But I, I only know what you guys know. Some people say it was Photoshop. Some people say it was a, it was a slap. Some people say he 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 had the cup of proper twelve, and he just or he the cup he he offered. I mean he chucked the the liquid at the man. But I seen it. I don't know. It would be, it's weird. I have to look at the video again. Like I'm not too knowledgeable of what it is. I'm just knowledgeable of the video that's going around. So for me personally, I want to see what happens after this and what happens in the future. And if they even look at this as a criminal investigation or anything else of that sort. But other than that, I mean, I'm, I'm it's it's all good for me on, on that side. I mean. Maybe I mean, for me, I'm really confident behind my claims about uh, just being that I feel like something that man did, his antics set Connor off or was disrespectful or maybe he said something Connor didn't like, but that doesn't warrant you to 
take action physically, especially if you're Connor, especially if you're a very famous athlete, especially if the world knows who you are and stuff, that's, that's a bad look. That's real bad to do that. But, you know, like I said, I feel one more time, I feel like the actions of whatever that man did and did set Connor off. So that's the last I'm going to talk about that. Um, Oh, quickly, I wanted to go back earlier. You guys are going to hate me real quick for saying this, but, um, so when I went into that shop, I went into the shop and because I bought actually a week or so before that, maybe a couple weeks now, I went in and I actually picked up a couple of uh, cartridges and for my all my fellow people who do smoke out there or our medical patients or whatever it is, drug dealers, all, etc., um, I don't know, you guys took me seriously on that one, but I was, I was just, just joking around, um, but I did get, picked up a couple kingpins, now, now the reason I picked up the kingpins is because the one I usually like, I think it's called Select, if you are familiar with that one, Select, that one, I don't know, I'm, I'm real big on what I get in my package, so qual, not quality, but like, you know, you you get cartridges. I don't know if any of you guys ever got these, but um, they'll be halfway. No, not halfway, but there'll be a little tiny pinch of it missing. Like it's not full all the way to the top. And for me, if I'm gonna be spending that kind of money and dedicating a lot of a huge amount of my paychecks to buying cannabis infused things, then I want it to be the best of the best, as in, like, when I'm looking at this kingpin right now, I want it to be full all the way to the top, just have it, just how they always have been when I have, I mean, like, if you get a, if you get, um, like, say, for example, you buy weed, you know, people weigh it, like, if you, if you buy it on the streets, or you buy it from friends, or, I mean, I'm not vouching, nor saying that's legal in any way whatsoever, but if you're getting weed from somewhere, and or or some place or somebody, and they tell you what kind it is or how much it, or what type it is, the strain, um, how much you're getting, you want that shit to be completely accurate, just as you want anything to be accurate from numbers to money, how much you're paying, how much you owe, how much you're owed. You want to be solid on your finances and stuff like that. So from your finances to how much you're getting and stuff so like that's a big that's a big reason why i went to and got two of those because they're actually two of uh, the two full grams so it was 47 dollars. so over here where i go it's um i go to multiple shops but the one i find myself going to more so than not is the connected shop you can google it connected uh cannabis shop maybe on google or so and you can find it but they have a lot of good stuff uh a lot of different products, a lot of like, you know, the top tier, best quality, some, some of the top tier weed there. Also, if you're just really trying to get a lot and just, you know, share a lot and, you know, buy a quality amount for a cheaper price and stuff, I do definitely suggest that if you're in the California area or you're in the city of Stockton or um, it's anywhere in California, mostly, I think it's mainly a lot of the main, the bigger cities like San Francisco and stuff. So you can find a lot of those shops amongst millions of other shops or thousands, hundreds, actually. Look at me dropping knowledge on um, on weed shops here on this episode. Um, how's everyone doing, by the way? I mean, it's fight week. It's Friday. 
one more day until the big fight nights tomorrow. I'm in mean, big fight, big, big pay per view tomorrow. Um, excited for the return of Nate Diaz. Um, excited for the fight between Noel Romero versus Paulo Costa, which was actually pretty funny because I got pissed off before I started doing the show. Not literally, but I was a little annoyed with some stuff. And, um, well, the some stuff part was the fact that I felt that last episode was absolute shit. Like, the knowledge that dropped was so horrible. I mean, the analytical part of, of me breaking down specific fights. I didn't, mean, I didn't even talk about the middleweight fight between Yoel Romero and Paulo Costa. That's been an anticipated fight in my mind for quite some time. And I didn't even talk about it in the last episode. I mean, I talked about the Pettis versus Diaz fight, but um, as well as the main event. What's the main event? It almost seemed like Pettis versus Diaz is the main event. But um, the main event... It, oh, DC versus Miocic too, um, and yeah, like I said, there's there's a lot to be talked about, and I was critical, and I didn't like last episode. That's why I really didn't put too much energy in uh, promoting it or you know posting the links and stuff, and I didn't really. I'm, we're we're all our own biggest critics and stuff, and sometimes we have some amazing shows, and I don't know. I mean, a lot of people, especially if you host your own show. And you know you're 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 the creator. I mean, it's all in your park. How you do your show, your plans, your notes, the way you publish it, the way you promote it, and stuff. So I mean, it's, the pressure's all on one on the people that actually host their own shows and stuff. And you know, just for anybody, like we're all our own biggest critics. And you know, something that I think is shitty, someone could actually think is absolutely amazing. I mean, that's the thing. You don't have to be critical. You can be because constructive criticism, as well as you know, just critic critiquing what you what you're doing in general it is good for the mind in a way because it helps you point out things that you may do not so well or things you can feel like you can do better and as podcasters and, and anybody that's like a media member or a journalist or a podcaster or anybody that's putting media out or a rapper or anyone is like you know putting music out or writing music or making beats or whatever it is you do you want to make sure you put out the top quality things and you know, for you, you want to sit back, and it's a real feeling. It's that it's that a feeling when you sit back in your chair, and you're like, "Whew!" And speaking of uh, fucking crazy news, Josie Aldo says he's willing to fight Henry Cejudo. <laughs> Jorge Masvidal said, "Old man who Connor punched deserve a real shot of whiskey," and he tagged Johnny Walker whiskey. That's pretty fucking funny. Uh, it, it was either that or uh, Jamison. Um, at the 30-minute mark, we're going to get into breaking down the fights. We're in 22 minutes in, so we can still have some time to talk about. Because that's, that's like the sole purpose why I came back. I have like a complete detailed breakdown for the top two fights. I mean, Miocic um, DC fight, obviously, I really laid down the... Laid down the pointers, and I'm sure you guys have seen a lot of other people lay them down, so for Pettis versus Diaz is a little bit more interesting because it's either one way or the other, but there's little little mini factors in between there I want to talk about, as well as Paulo Costa versus Yoel Romero, battle of the beautiful beach bods, freaks of nature, guys that look like they're made to be men underwear models and stuff, but also got fucking fantastic and devastating, scary KO power. Scary, scary power. I wonder how much 
the fucking power ratio would be with both of those guys combined. Like, I can't imagine how a punch from them would... That might fucking kill a man with both of them combined punching together like that. Um, that's going to be a crazy fight, man. I can't wait to see that one. Um, but, yeah. So, like I said, you shouldn't criticize yourself too much because it's like, at the end of the day, like, for me, when it comes to these shows... I'm not going to be like 23 minutes in deep and just be like, eh, I don't feel like this is a good one. For me, I'm recording it already. I'm taping it. I've already put my time aside. I'm already sitting here. I'm already doing it. So it's like, I'm not going to stop my show or restart it or delete the audio, or restart it. And, um, you know, otherwise, like there's been times where I've done that and just been upset and ended up not really even doing one. Because like, when it comes to shows, I like to put a lot of effort and a lot of thought and a lot of, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of detail. That's a big thing. When you hear, when you hear my podcasts and stuff, I like to put a lot of insight and detail and really get people's minds thinking. Like I like to get people thinking about stuff. If you're a hard, avid thinker, it's a perfect podcast for you. Perfect show. And just, that's just the type of person I am. So I feel like if I can relate to anybody that can relate to me, like when it comes to talking about stuff and being very open and you know analytical and open-minded and an avid thinker and stuff like that, I think it's interesting. It makes for an interesting podcast. And that's exactly what I like to do. So let's not waste any more time. Actually, let's get right into it. Let's start off with Yoel Romero versus Paulo Costa since we already kind of warmed the fire a little bit about that fight. But that is the explosive fight. I mean, if you've ever watched Yoel Romero fight, you know that man is going to knock you senseless. He's trying to knock you senseless at any given time. And the thing about him, it's not like he's a, a rumbled Johnson coming forward. Boom! He just lands. Romero fights you like a, like a normal person. But, you know, He's, he's so calm and you watch him he's calm and relaxed and he explodes boom out of nowhere he picks a perfect spot he he analyzes your movements he reads you he he gets his timing off and then boom he picks his perfect shot we've seen them do that we've seen him relax and then he just explodes with one big shot or multiple shots devastating ground and pound rko like what did the luke rockhold what he did a leota machida i mean um i mean the fights he's had with robert whitaker i mean romero was a killer romero's a monster if rob wasn't the champion i do feel romero would be the champion if robert whitaker wasn't now the thing is about that fight that still makes it a unique thing for yoel because if you think about both fights that He's had with Robert Whitaker, they have been very, 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 very close. And it's like, those weren't fights where he's like, oh yeah, he beat him twice. There's no need for a third fight. No, there needs to be a third fight. That's one of the... uh, That's one of those fights where you can't... You can't go into the future and and both of these men they can't retire before fighting a third time just as john jones has to fight dc one more time let us see it at heavyweight why is everyone hiding from the fact if you're the baddest man on the planet i mean people are gonna people are gonna think i'm gonna get people something to think about for real, just for a quick second we won't get too deep into that until later on the show if we have more time 
But for me, I just why not? If you if you're really a man, why don't you challenge John Jones at heavyweight? I'm undefeated at heavyweight. Let's fucking go at heavyweight. You say you're good. You beat me at 205 pounds, but in reality, I started my career off as a heavyweight. Why don't you come and fight me at heavyweight? If you're the baddest man on the planet and you're John Jones and you're just you're, you're living your career off the fact that you beat DC because all these great things are happening to DC, but yet John still chimes in and has every little two cents to say to what DC's got to say. Yeah, you beat him two times, as I said in the last show. But for me, why don't you fight him in heavyweight? DC wants to right the wrongs at two. No, no, no. You're the man. You started off at 200 plus pounds, and you were, you were fighting at heavyweight to start your career off. You're undefeated at heavyweight. You you deplete your body, deplete your potential performance to fight a bad man named John Jones at 205 pounds. Very competitive, both fights up until the second one, up until the kick in the second fight. It was very competitive in the second fight. It was a great fight. It's one of those fights you see, like, you need to see it a second time or a third time. I mean, we've seen it two times, but we could see it another time. It's one of those fights you can't live without. Just like a Conor McGregor, Jose Aldo fight. You guys are getting some pointers now. These are some fights that I just can't live without seeing a rematch. Will I get to see those rematches? I don't know. These are fights I really need to see. Tony versus Khabib. These are fights I need to see. So, very interesting. Very, very, very interesting. So, let's go back to... I don't know how we, we segued into this from talking about Romero to... Yeah, because Romero Romero went to fight, fight Robert Whitaker twice and... He had Robert hurt and had him in bad, bad trouble. And the fact that he dropped him, I think, like three times in that fight and had him in some serious trouble and he was the one compromised the entire time in this fight. You know, Romero didn't really seem to have any significant moments where he was hurt or in some serious trouble. But the only significant moments, if you can think about the fight and you remember that fight, was Robert. Robert's the one got who got hurt in that fight. So Romero's an absolute killer. But so is Boracina, Paulo Costa. Paulo Costa's fought some real good guys in the UFC, some credential dudes. Um, is a top-tier guy, top-tier fighter, scary, superstar for sure. Beach bot, looks like an absolute Brazilian supermodel. And the modern-day Vitor Belfort. I mean, he's wrecking shop. Boracina's wrecking shop. You get hit with one bomb by him, it's lights out, man. He's going to knock you senseless. I mean, kudos to anybody that can take a shot from Paulo Costa, but that man comes not only from a very good camp and a very good coach, he has some serious skills to back it up as well. But, you know, the fact that he has Eric L. Barcin, coach of one Henry Cejudo, um, two-division champion, as well as Pitbull in Bellator, two-division champion, and all these big fights, and, and there's a lot of fighters under his wing that you guys know of, and you know fighters I haven't said that you know I, I can't think of them at the top of my head, but he has a whole list of real good guys and females on his um on his roster, and and you know Boracina is a product of him, and I feel Boracina is a huge star, and this is a fight we've been waiting for for quite some time. I mean, over a year in the making, and ever since Boracina got into this fight, uh, got into um, to the UFC and, and, you know, started winning, you know, obviously he's won his entire career so far. Um, but you know, when he started thinking about some big, serious, fun fights, you know, Romero was one of those fights. And I was one of the fights I thought about for a very long time before it happened. 
and now we're getting it happening tomorrow, which is very exciting. Both of them are very skilled. I mean, obviously, Romero, in my opinion, has seen a lot more of the championship caliber fighters and obviously beaten a lot of former world champions and some fighters that were at the top of the heap at the point at their points in career. I mean, Luke Rockhold was the middleweight champion in strike for the longest time. I mean, like, he was defending it. He was a man. Uh, Machida was undefeated. Nobody could figure him out at, at one point in time, and he was so elusive. His karate background, he's so defensive. I mean, you can couldn't catch him. This guy was confusing people, frustrating people, and, you know, capitalizing on the mistakes they made because they're so frustrated. Former UFC light heavyweight champion, Machida is still a top contender and still looking as good as ever if you look over at Bellator. So if you look at Romero, Romero has some credentialed wins. I mean, his win over Rockhold, his win over Machida, um, his win... His win, his win over was was vicious win over Derek Brunson as well as uh, the fight with uh, he beat the Hawaiian guy. Who's the Hawaiian dude that he beat recently? Uh, not recently, but a while back. I think it was like with the one punch knockout. Mm. It's the dude Israel fought. Um. Brad Tavares, that's who he, that's who he knocked out. But Romero's a vicious motherfucker. Why do I feel like I'm leaving somebody out? He fought Tim Kennedy, um, and his only loss, well, not his only loss, but his only finish, his only loss by stoppage was the fight against uh, uh, Rafael. Uh, who is it? It's a guy. I'm trying to remember his name. Cavacante. Yeah, Rafael Feijao. Feijao, his only loss it was by strikes. He lost by strikes, but in the other two fights were there, the unanimous decision loss to Rob Whitaker and the split decision loss. And um, Back to Boracinha, but for me, like I was saying, how Romero has all this championship-level experience, and we've seen him fight some real good, tough opposition inside the octagon as well. But now we're in the ballpark of Paulo Costa. Now Paulo Costa has to show up. Now he is in the ballpark of, you know, showing up, of being that next best prospect, being that next huge star, being maybe the next guy in line, maybe one fight after this or maybe right afterwards if successful against Romero. He is in the category of where he needs to win and prove that he is the top-tier guy, prove that he is the next guy. Now, is he going to be the next guy? It's an explosive fight. And Romero is light on his feet as well. That man does not move like a man who's built like that. He looks like a solid muscle Greek god, Greek goddess, man. He's just a, a bodied up to the teep as well as Borachina. But you know what's crazy is that these guys can move so well being that muscular. You know, for me, I feel like if I was that muscular, I would be slow. I'd be concerned about my cardio. I'd be concerned about being too slow. So it's like I'm just going to, for me personally, just get into, you know, good enough shape to where I can move and feel fast and shape and in good shape and, and execute everything I need. Like, you know, being able, not, not, not throwing too much and getting tired from being too muscular or, you know, just having that perfect amount of cardio. Speaking of that, I've been doing a lot of cardio training as of late since I've returned to the gym. I've returned to the gym uh, 
for over a week. I've been in that gym for over a week now. I've been doing a lot of extensive cardio, like over an hour every day and stuff of cardio. So that's been going really good for me. So fuck, I feel so much better than I did the other day. When I was trying to run, I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, <gasps> like just fucking breathing. Like I'm about to die. My heart felt like it was going to explode. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Let me never go that long without running again. Um, but yeah, for Paulo Costa, he's got to he's got to prove that he is at the top of the heap. Is this a passing of the torch, or is Romero gonna put Paulo Costa in the back seat and say, "Hold up, real quick, you not forget Jesus, you not forget Jesus," because you know Romero Romero is more experienced. That was a horrible impression, huh? Romero is more experienced, basically. So Romero. Is unpredictable. He's relaxed. You can't prepare for a guy like him. It's hard because you never know when he's gonna explode. He just like he figures your timing out so quickly. And he then boom. It's like you're playing a video game and you build up enough stamina to do the finishing moves. Then bam, you push the button, boom, he takes you out viciously. I mean, that punch he landed on Luke Rockhold, dude, I'm surprised Luke came back after that fight. I mean, talk about it. Talk about the fact that he got his jaw broken in that fight, as let alone in his fight at 205 pounds against Jan Blakovich. Luke Rockhold's jaw must be fucked, like, thinking about it. That's fucking crazy, because now I'm imagining that vintage shot Romero landed. The first punch he landed was nasty. And the second one he landed on the way down was nastier. If you remember that finishing sequence where he knocked Luke down. And then uh, he knocked him down with the punch. And Luke falls to the floor. And then, you know he kind of scrambles, tries to get back up. And Romero lands one more nasty one and knocks him out cold. And then that's when he kissed him and stuff on the face, I think. And that was, that was hella funny. Uh, um, just, that, damn, that's crazy. I was, no, I'm, I'm envisioning, like, you ever envision shit in your head and it looks like exactly how it really looks? And you just pay, play it back in your head like a movie, man. That was fucking, just, that was a vintage shot, man. It's an interesting fight. I mean, I definitely feel like this is going to be an explosive fight. Fight of the night-like material. Because, I mean, but if you look at the fights we got, the top three fights are exciting fights. Uh, excuse me. You've got Romero versus Costa. We've got Cormier versus Miocic 2. And we've got the fan favorite, arguably the main event in a lot of people's eyes, Nate Diaz versus Anthony Pettis, which is super exciting. You know, that, that's an ex exciting one. Let's quickly talk about that. Um, so, it, like I said on the last episode, there's a narrative between this is this is how, it, how it's going to go in a lot of people's minds. For me, I notice and I see, obviously, everyone's saying Anthony Pettis has more tools. Anthony Pettis has more ways to win. You know, a big one was a late kicks. Late kicks was, came to my mind when it came to utilizing... Uh, a, a unique and effective strategy towards Nate Diaz. But for Nate, on the side of Nate Diaz, is the pressure of constantly coming forward and pressuring Anthony to where he doesn't have enough space to utilize his, his showtime kicks or all his flashiness because you're going to be constantly in the face uh, of 
Anthony Showtime, and you know Diaz has a tendency to wear people down. Him and his brother both have that kind of thing. Mm. Great shins come forward. Every um, doesn't matter what you're throwing. It doesn't matter how bloody you make them. They're gonna keep coming forward, and that's a uh, one of the best parts about the Diaz brothers. Is that you're gonna have to hit them with the kitchen sink to really get them out and. I haven't really seen Nick or Nate taken out like that, other than fast forward maybe a lot, uh, like five years back, I don't know how long ago it was, but the fight that Nate had with, with Josh Thompson, which a lot of people post that picture, or I mean, our video, I think Josh Thompson also posted it. I was going to say something on there, I was going to comment on there, but I was like, you know, that fight, that, that was a great fight, that was a great win for Thompson, but Nate was injured in that fight. That's the thing. Nate was injured. He came into that fight real injured. Um, not real injured, but he was just fucked up in that fight already. And, you know, I'm not saying, like, making excuses for that fight. But, you know, um, strategy-wise. So let's just get out of that out of that realm and get into strategies. Um, if you see the Rafael Dos Anjos fight against Nate Diaz, he landed all those vintage leg kicks. And he had Nate in some serious trouble throughout that fight. I mean, Dos Anjos is... Uh, also very powerful kicker, as well as Showtime, and Dos Anjos beat Showtime Pettis, and um, Dos Anjos handily beat Nate Diaz, I don't know if Anthony Pettis looks at it like that, or thinks about it like that, but then Dos Anjos put a, a beating on Anthony Pettis as well, Dos Anjos was a man that took everything from Anthony Pettis, if you remember, you know, say what you want, pre-USADA, post-USADA. He still did it, and he took his face off that Wheaties box. He was the face of the Wheaties. He was a Wheaties box guy. He's fighting the Wheaties box guy. <laughs> that was that shit was a little funny when I read when I seen that he was doing that. Talk, or when he, he referred to Showtime as that. But yeah, for strategies, going. I I, can't, I promise. I promise. I promise. We're talking about strategies now. Um, strategies. So like the leg kicks. You know, those are those are effective. Showtime has some strong leg kicks, and some flashy ones as well. But leg kick, leg kicks wise, I was thinking about this this morning. Like if Pettis was to make this a real technical, safe. Um, you know, punishing fight, if you wanted to make it punishing for Nate, and not necessarily go for the kill, or anything, I know that maybe not, seem, doesn't seem like the style of Pettis, considering that he just knocked out Wonderboy, and, you know, he's on, he, he, he's looked good as of late, um, maybe that's not on the mind of him to really, you know, try to pick Diaz apart, because that's a, that's a bad idea because Diaz is the kind of guy that will come forward and once you're tired that's that, once you're tired against a, uh, any Diaz brother Nate or Nick it's going to be a bad night for you and I, I don't think Pettis wants to do that so I mean I think he's going to engage in a firefight it's definitely going to be a firefight it's going to be a bloody fight and it's going to be a respectable fight and it's a great fight I mean considering the fact that you know Nate hasn't fought in 3 years um, his his big fights with Connor that he's had, um, I mean the fact that he has been here for quite some time and he's kind of like a you know a hometown hero. Basically, well, he is a hometown hero, but um, you know he's a fan favorite, fan friendly, not fan friendly. I mean he is. I mean he's relatable to a lot of fans and a lot of people love the Diaz brothers because their whole I don't give a fuck attitude. I'll fight anybody anywhere anytime. You know the gangster, the gangster look like thug. You know Nate smoking his uh, his joint. Uh, at open workouts yesterday, everything he did was real badass. I mean, he just has that badass. I don't give a fuck 
kind of attitude and we don't get to see, we don't really see too much of that and we haven't seen too much of that it's well, at least like since i've watched mixed martial arts so i mean or been associated with it, you know, since the whole world, I've mean, my whole time of being in, in this world of MMA, I've never seen really anybody that's been like them, so that's what makes these guys special. Now, however, that's got to make up for skills, though. Nate has a bunch of pressure, he has great boxing, um, great combinations, obviously comes forward, he doesn't have, like, devastating leg kicks or anything like that, but he has great cardio, great jujitsu. but, you know, for me, stylistically, you look at the style of Pettis, Pettis has great wrestling, has improved a lot on his wrestling as of late, you know, last, last couple years, last few years, I'm pretty damn sure he's worked on his wrestling, his jujitsu. I mean, obviously, his IQ's real good, too, he's real smart, he's real crisp, he's real, he's real fancy, he's real nasty, um, And, you know, he has finishing ability, finishing, you know, he can finish you with nasty body kicks, head kicks, leg kicks, anything. Pettis is a finisher. Pettis has more ways to win, and that's what makes this fight interesting because um, a lot of people are counting Nate out. And, you know, obviously Connor had a lot of ways to win in that fight too, but Nate ended up getting the getting the win, obviously, but then that's Connor. Connor's not Anthony Pettis. All respects to Connor. Um... And but Anthony Pettis has a much better ground game and a lot more crisp on the feet. Well, not crisp. Well, well, he is crisp on the feet, but he's a lot more crisp on the ground, is what I was trying to refer to, than Connor. So I feel like Pettis, if he was in a compromising position like that, jujitsu wise, then I think that that would be uh, he'd be in a lot more comf- comfortable spot than Connor. But um, like I said, for for Nate, you know, Nate has Nate has power. He does come forward, does have a lot of pressure, but, you know, I almost don't feel like it's enough. That's the best part about this, because I like being proved wrong, and, you know, that would be real cool to see Nate, uh, you know, get a win. Considering his last win, well, his last win was over Connor, and his last loss was a controversial loss in a fight that a lot of people thought, including myself, thought he won. So it will be interesting to see what Nate Diaz shows up. And, you know, I mean, that pressure will be key. Because, you know, the, the best part about it is that this pressure that Nate has is enough to shut someone like Anthony Pettis down. We've seen him pressured before, and we've seen him broken. We've seen guys, uh, uh, you know, you know, have the one-up on Pettis. We've seen guys pressure him. We've seen guys finish him. And we've seen him, you know, will I'm not saying that that's that's what he's gonna be doing. I mean this fight's at one seventy, but we've seen Pettis beaten before and we've seen Nate beaten before. So it makes it interesting. But um it may seem a lot easier for Pettis to get the win because of all the skills that he brings, but the thing is, all those go out the window if he's pressured, if he's shut down, if he's fighting in a phone booth, if this is Nate Diaz's world all day, then it's going to be a long night for Pettis, but Pettis is a smart guy, and you know, he was at one point in time, you know, after he lost his lightweight title, a lot of people were like, eh, he's not the same, you know, post-USADA, pre-USADA, whatever, little accusations thrown there, here and there, and just, he'd never seen the same, like he said, like that RDA took his soul and took his spirit, and you know, he was winning fights, losing fights, dropping down 145 pounds, losing there, 
I mean, losing some marquee fights at 155 pounds. I mean, being outpointed by Edson Barbosa in that fight. I mean, lost Eddie Alvarez, lost Eddie Alvarez. I mean, he was losing to a lot of these guys, and you know, he's kind of slowly but surely starting to get everything back together. I mean, I'm, let me pull it up his Wikipedia because I kind of want to remember the stretch of time, and I like to point out some certain facts and stuff like that. Oh, let's see, Anthony Pettis. Let's pull that up. Yes, I am using my phone to type this in. Um, alright, so, uh, he's like one of the only people that had some common sense to say about the whole Conor McGregor situation. Yeah, Anthony, it's funny because Anthony said, suspects something was said before Conor threw that punch. He said that in his video, it's funny. That's hella cool. Well, it's like, I, that's what it feel like too. I mean, it doesn't seem like Conor would just punch someone right off the bat because they didn't want his fucking whiskey. I mean, not everyone in the world's going to like your whiskey, dude. But it doesn't mean you punch him. But doesn't also doesn't seem like it makes any sense either. So so Anthony Pettis' last, uh, oh, well, his last, you know, his win over Gilbert Melendez was the last win that he had when he was on a huge streak of wins. But then at, before the, after that, he fought Rafael Dos Anjos, lost that fight. Um, then he fought Eddie Alvarez, split decision loss, then Edson Barbosa, and that was three losses in a row, you know, he lost his title, lost to Eddie Alvarez, and lost to Edson, drops down 145 pounds, beats Charles Oliveira by submission, which was very impressive, if you look at how damn good Charles Oliveira is, looking both at 145 and 155, I mean, for Pettis to submit that guy, that guy's busy submitting everybody, taking people's legs home, choking people out, calf slicers, man. Oliveira's a vicious finisher, man. For Pettis to do that, that's absolutely fantastic. I mean, that earned him a shot at Max Holloway, fighting Max Holloway for the interim uh, title, interim featherweight title. But Pettis missed weight and wasn't able to make uh, the opportunity to win the title. He lost by, by stoppage. In um, third round, because you know, just Max brought that that heat up and that pressure, and he was just able to you know wear him down and stuff. And the cut was vicious, I'm pretty damn sure, and all that. But Pettis goes from losing to Max Holloway to making his jump back to 155 pounds, um, returning to, against Jim Miller looked absolutely fantastic. Looked like old Showtime Pettis against Jim Miller, um, but then. Uh, fought Dustin Poirier, surging Dustin Poirier, and lost by, uh, I think he broke his rib, he broke his rib in the, uh, the third round or something like that, and he, he tapped due to strike, so it says, it says submission triangle, or tr submission body triangle, like loss, but it was, they're in a position, and he, he heard his, he heard his rib in there, so he was injured, he got injured, so, um, and then after that, he came back, fought Michael Chiesa, which was an absolutely impressive, impressive performance. I mean, submission over a triangle, a triangle armbar, that was beautiful. And then he lost to Tony Ferguson, obviously, just because of the, broke his hand and stuff. So, I mean, and then he came back, beat Stephen Thompson. I mean, he's beating everybody. He's beating a lot of guys. And it's really crazy, man. It's just, Pettis is a gamer. And I think Pettis... Um, obviously, is a Hall of Fame like fighter for sure, and he's been in for been here for quite some time. I mean, the first first thing I ever seen of Pettis was that was obviously the the kick he landed off the cage. He he, he went off the cage and when he kicked Benson Anderson, 
that was the biggest thing for me. And he came back and he won and beat Benson and beat Benson Henderson for the title. So, I mean, Pettis is is a gamer, man. He's at, he's at that point in time in his career where obviously he's been champion already, and um, now he's he he gets fun fights like the Diaz fights, Wonder Boy. I mean, he's looked good at 170, man. It's only interesting to see how he's going to look leading forward. And, 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 you know, that shows you, I mean, it shows you how crazy one punch can really uh, change a fight. I mean, the fact that he landed that against Wonder Boy. Wonder Boy had knocked out in 60, 50 plus fights. Pretty crazy, right? So that makes it interesting. I, I can't wait to see what happens between these two guys. I think it's going to be interesting. Um, But, you know, I think it's going to be an ex- excellent fight. Fan-friendly um, people's main event and and so forth. Um, quickly to the main event between Stipe and Daniel Cormier. As we did see the first fight, it was obviously the short time that it did last. Stipe did have good success early on. You know, more notably for me, I feel like when Stipe decided to use a wrestling and control Daniel against the cage like that, that had a lot of success. I mean, if you're forcing the other guy to wrestle throughout the entire time and you're you're successful with that, that would be an interesting way to start the fight as well as his combinations look sharp. You know, Stipe did hit Cormier with some really good shots. I mean, Stipe has power too, but Daniel took all of his best shots and it still wasn't enough. And Stipe would clinch up with him, and Cormier was able to eventually, you know, land a beautiful one-twos when he did that beautiful one-two. Joe Rogan famously said a beautiful one-two, and then he ties him up, grabs him with the clinch, and lands that nasty right hand, finishes him on the ground with some strike, extra strikes. Unanswered strikes after that, of course, but, uh, you know, Cormier was able to gauge his timing after a little bit of time after the first round was essentially over. He landed those finishing blows and ended them in the fight super like in spectacular fashion, ending Stipe Miocic's um, historic title reign. If successful against Cormier the first time, it would have been four title defenses in a row. Nobody's ever done it. The most was three. Stipe broke three. That's what makes him so unique is the fact that he he broke three. And if anything, if I could think about it like this, maybe Stipe is what. DC is to John Jones at heavyweight. So if you, anybody ever thought about that, that's interesting. Maybe what, what DC is to John Jones is what Stipe will be to Daniel Cormier on Saturday night. I could be wrong, but if you've ever thought about it like that, if he does lose to him again, then obviously that's gonna be that's gonna be a wrap. However, um, fight picks. We got fight picks now. We gotta really think about. Um, well, obviously, I'd like to put my predictions out there, too, but now, now the pressure's on me to make these predictions official and actually go put them in and lock them in on the Verdict MMA app if you use those. Um, I use Tapology as well, but quickly, real quick, um, I don't like having two separate betting sites, and, you know, if I'm going to be picking, I'm going to be picking one person, one way, one method, and the same people, I'm not going to have split picks so I get get it right on one app and and get it wrong on one on, on the other. I'm like, no, I'm gonna do it all the same way. So I'm kind of in the limbo of deciding which one I really want to get into. And I wanted to have an app for the longest time to put my bets and picks and stuff. And Verdict was actually shown to me by um, uh, I think it was I it was Ashley. Yeah, Ashley. You know who you are. I um actually um, I seen her posting about it. 
uh, her, her picks, and I was like, ooh, that app looks, like, pretty interesting, I want to try it, I went to download it, but, um, yeah, so official picks, I'm going to go with Cormier by the same method, if anything, decision, like, I won't be surprised if it went to decision, but method-wise, I'm going to pick Cormier, um, obviously, I'm going to Cormier, I'm just going to go with Cormier by decision, because obviously it was a if it was a lucky shot I I mean if anything Stepe is not going anywhere so if this goes to decision I honestly the first pick I ever picked for this fight was Cormier by second round knockout so I'm gonna go with that uh, I'm not surprised if it goes to decision um, like I said Cormier just I feel like Cormier has more I mean I don't know I, I, that's the thing about Stepe though he comes back and shines his best in rematches too so well, I don't know what truly is gonna happen. But, you know, I'm going to lead on the side of DC. I really, just really, really am. He's undefeated at heavyweight. And I am strongly convinced that Stipe may be, the John, may be what John Jones was to him at light heavyweight. And, you know, Cormier with the win. Second round TKO or KO. Um, co-main event's a hard one. Um, obviously, I'm a hometown favorite. Nate Diaz um, versus Anthony Pettis. I do like Nate Diaz in this fight. Oof, biting my words here because uh, this is a hometown favorite. I got my heart. Uh, my heart goes with Nate Diaz. My mind stylistically is in the corner of Anthony Pettis. So that's the thing. I can't solidly make official picks. That's why I don't like to make them when it comes to big fights like this because I'm unbiased. That's the thing. I can have a hometown favorite, but I have to go with Pettis stylistically but if nate wins then that's better for me because it creates a create a, a potential trilogy fight with connor and there's better implications later on down the line for that too so i'm gonna go with uh nate diaz but you know stylistically skills wise anthony pettis so if i have to really pick if i'm officially putting bets down on the line i'm going with nate diaz just for an underdog pick because i know a lot of people are against him in this fight too a lot of people are with but i'm with a portion that are uh that are betting and looking for more underdog picks perfect picks um if you're an underdog so that's where i'm gonna be at so i'm gonna pick nate diaz obviously pettis has millions of ways to win has a lot of different ways to win but that makes the fight more exciting that's why i want to go on the side of diaz um paulo costa versus yoel romero uh, fuck, that's a hard one. I'm going to have to go with the veteran, Yoel Romero, because he has seen championship-level fights, and he has been inches away from winning a world title, and we haven't really seen Paulo Costa necessarily tested or pushed to the brink or pushed to his breaking point just yet. So as this rising star might have a halt to his, his, his stardom if he is unsuccessful against Romero, because Romero is battle tested and he is a serious challenge for anybody that has to fight Romero so that's it for my picks Romero I'm picking by unanimous decision I'm picking Nate Diaz in um, co-main event as well as DC to retain his belt ladies and gentlemen that is it for our show today though i appreciate you guys for joining us that's two episodes in one week essentially like i said the first episode i didn't really wasn't feeling it man i felt like this one was turned in a lot better a lot more passion a lot more facts i mean the first one was good i just like this one a lot better because i felt a lot more better about it um like i said you guys can follow me on twitter at g the king mma 209 as well as instagram at notice uh, at, i was gonna say something else but at G the King MMA on Instagram. G the King MMA. No underscores, nothing. G the King MMA on Instagram. Uh, 
follow our podcast page at KWTK Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Anchor.fm slash G Meeker MMA show for the direct link to the Kicking with the King podcast. This was an episode of segments, so it's going to be titled under segments, episode something, something. It's the same podcast, same feed, same everything, folks. I appreciate you guys for all joining me here on this episode and this beautiful morning. It is hot as fuck today. You guys stay cool, stay in the AC, go and jump in an ice bath. Um, Stay cool because it's fucking hot, ladies and gentlemen. I can't wait for these fights. I can't wait. I'm going to be rooting for uh, everybody tomorrow. It's going to be a huge day. Um, Big, big, big weekend for fight fans and everybody in the world. So we've been chalking it up leading up to these very moments. So I can't wait for that. You guys know who I am. This is Gabriel Hernandez signing off, folks. We will be back next week. Thank you guys for tuning in. See you next time.